Here to share the success stories of people who took the opportunity to join the trades and how these opportunities can be achieved by anyone looking for success. Hey everybody, welcome back to Middle of the Res Road. Today we have a pre-recorded story for you. One of our sponsors, Enbridge, invited us out to tour the Kalamazoo River in Michigan and they kind of showed us their their cleanup process for the Kalamazoo incident with their line 6B. And so that was a fun story there. We met a man named Jesse Jaycox, who, whose story you will hear today. But before we get into that, we have the trivia question from Morgan and, of course, the update of powwows from Melissa. So I can start... Uh, All right, we have a fun trivia question. All right, how many miles of pipeline are there in the United States? Hmm. Yeah, a lot for sure. (laughs) Yeah, I would think, I would say a lot. All right, well, once we hear Jesse's story and at the end of the the episode, we'll, we'll let you guys know the answer. Cool. So on to Pow Wow Highway uh, this weekend, June 24th, 25th, and 26th. We have Leech Lake Days Contest in Cass Lake, Minnesota, and Lake Vermilion Traditional in Tower, Minnesota. So make sure to check those out if you guys are around the area or if you want to travel and go dance at those powwows. Mm-hmm. I saw Hinkley's was a good turnout. Yeah, I heard there's a lot of yeah. people over there. It looked big. I know, I seen the post and I was like, oh, I know. wish I could have went. Same. But we were busy this weekend. What'd you guys do? I saw your guys' live. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much, pretty much all we did this weekend. <laughs> With was no AC. No, no AC. Oh. But it, it was good. It was, what's the word? Well, you definitely taught me a lot. Yeah. That was for sure. <laughs> it was a lot of work putting in a new, a new shower and the shower door and so if you need a new shower door or need a new tub for your new house, yeah. let me know. I'll hit you guys up. <laughs> I also do carpet. <laughs> How was uh, moving in? Uh, it's a slow process. It's just, yeah, I have a lot of stuff. Put them kids to work. <sighs> yeah, right. No. Slow process, but we're getting there. We're all coming up over this bug we've had a bug all weekend so Uh -uh. well it's good you guys are feeling better (coughs) yeah getting there do you start painting yet Mm, i painted my closet still gotta do viv's room but i mean we're getting there yeah i think it'll look good when you're done yeah i'm excited well i'm excited to hear jesse's story so me too you guys grab a kleenex just a heads up because i'm not a crier but I felt all the emotions that day listening to him. 
well, here's Jesse's story. Early 80s was a lot of fun being single in the early 80s. And uh, I was pretty buffed because I'd been racing canoes from the waist up. I looked pretty darn sharp. One night, uh, my canoeing partner said, I'm going to a bar called the Silver Night. There's a new girl coming tonight. You got to meet her. And I said, Dale, I'm tired of this. You know, in the 80s, you could go home with a different lady every night if you wanted. It was pretty wild. But he convinced me to go to the bar. I sat at a table about a half hour before they showed up where I could see the door in case I wanted to run. I could scoot. Well, these three girls walked in the bar, and I knew two of them, so you had to be talking about the one I didn't know. Beautiful girl. She walked in the door, and I said, is that the one? And he said, yes, sir, that's the one. I said, I'm going to marry her. <laughs> Hadn't even talked to her. He said, good luck. She's snooty, stuck up. She never dances with anybody, never goes home with anybody. But six months of being persistent, I married her. Best thing that ever happened to me. Changed my attitude, changed my life. <clears throat> I've been self-employed most of my life. And uh, Tammy and I when, I, when I met her, I asked her if she wanted to go on a date. Our first date was down the Kalamazoo River. And she always sat in the front of the canoe facing me. So I could pass her a glass of wine or a beer on the paddle. Tammy never swore. What a very proper girl. More than I ever deserved. Um, six months later, we canoed down the river, and I asked her to marry me. So to say the Kalamazoo River and I have a relationship, we definitely have a long relationship. So July 25th, 2010, I'd rented a bobcat to straighten out my driveway. Had a rainstorm, my driveway's a hill, and a lot of it had washed away. And about five o'clock that night, I started noticing helicopters flying all over the place. I looked at Tammy and I went, oh, the guys better get their crops out of the ground because the man's out looking. <laughs> uh, 11, 12 o'clock at night, my dog Bosco and I had a habit of going out and picking out a tree and doing the end of the day on our own tree. And I could smell what I thought was diesel from the bobcat that I had rented. And I thought I was going to get my butt in trouble when I took it back that I'd broke something. Well, I got up at 6 o'clock that morning, and the stench was horrendous. Tammy's face was red. You could not take a breath without breathing in the benzene or whatever it is that the oil produces. And it was countywide. I took Tammy to work, and I went to track down the source. Where I first found it is at the park where you folks are going to be getting out of your boats this afternoon. It was terrible. Booms across the river, and the oil was flowing so thick that it was rolling under the curtain and kept going. Uh, hydrovac trucks there. The river was over the banks. A big tanker truck that would take it out of the hydrovacs to the tanker, and the tanker would haul off, and another one would come in. So I worked my way down the river to the source. When I got to the source, I, they wouldn't let me get close. And in the process, I, with my camera, I was taking pictures of followed water life that I had found. Muskrats, turtles. I had probably a dozen pictures. I became an ass. 
I went right home and made a billboard up and put it in the back of my truck. What's Big Oil going to do to save the Kalamazoo? And I drove back probably right over here. And the first truck I seen that I thought might be involved, I didn't know what the hell an Embridge was or who it was. And I seen a white pickup that said Embridge on the side of it. Introduced myself to a guy, his name was Matt Collier. He was out of a branch in uh, Bay City, I believe. And I struck up a conversation with him. I, I'm good at striking up conversations. I'll talk to a rock, but I'll listen. And what he was looking for was places to access the river. So I'm taking him around to all these farmers I know that have access, any place they might be able to get a boat in. And I was thinking, what's this guy thinking following me with a billboard in the back of my truck? And I'm dragging him around. I uh, showed him everything I knew, and then I heard about a meeting. And I went and had a shirt made up that ended up being the political, biggest political statement I've ever made in my life. And I think on the front it said, after 40 years of canoeing the scenic waterway, I want to know how long it's going to be before I can canoe the kazoo. And it said something similar on the back. Now, there were sometimes there were meetings twice a week, sometimes at least one meeting a week, and I attended every meeting I, could, I found out about. Every meeting. And news reporters would see the shirt, TV stations would see the shirt, and I was approached at least a couple dozen times to do stories and be on the news. And then I'd sneak along the river and spy and see what the hell was going on. This went on for about seven months. I believe at one point I probably poked Mr. Daniel in the chest with my finger. I was not only getting on Embridge, I was getting on the NTSB because they, they were, they're the only ones beside Embridge that could have hit a button and shut everything off. But I, I was just being an asshole, excuse me. Because the mess I'd seen, I'd never, ever could fathom it ever being cleaned up. It was terrible. So after about seven months of being that ass, I went home every night and complained to Tammy. And she was sitting in the easy chair. Now, I don't know if she said it because I was interrupting her TV show or if it's something she had thought about. She calmly looked over her shoulder and said, Jesse, if you change your attitude, things might be different. Listen to your women, fellas. Uh, the next meeting I had heard about was at a little Baptist church in Soresco. So I went to the meeting. I stood in the back of the room with my arms crossed, kind of like I am now. And it was the only meeting I'd ever went to where I didn't raise my voice. I just sat there and listened. Took it all in. And it was the only meeting that Mr. Daniel got up and spoke at. <clears throat> so he's getting up and he's saying what they're going to do and how they're going to do it. And then he said his biggest pleasure that he owned a tract of land in Alberta and a tract of land in British Columbia. And both pieces of land had a world-class trout stream going through them. And the biggest joy of his life was taking his sons and grandsons there trout fishing. And I thought, I got you, sucker. So you know what this body of water means to me. Um, so at the end of the meeting, there was what I coined to myself was a begging for buck session. At the end of the meeting, any resident that had a, felt they had a legitimate claim, they were up begging for air purifiers or motel rooms or whatever they want, wanted or needed. I stood in the back of the room with my arms crossed till the end of the meeting. 
Now, I browbeat this guy and browbeat his company bad. He had no reason to talk to me at all. At the end of the meeting, he walked up to me and he said, Mr. Jaycox, what can I do for you? Uh, I, I was kind of shocked. Well, Soresco and Tammy and I would go canoeing. I would go down to Soresco and chain my canoe to a tree and call her and tell her I was going to meet her at Bridge Park. I'd go back to Bridge Park and get her and the dogs and the canoe paddles and run back over to Soresco, leave my truck there so when I got the canoe out, I had something to put it in. And uh, when he asked me what he could do for me, I never asked the company for anything personally. I asked for things that would benefit my community. And for 40 years, I've been putting my canoe in at that dam, and I was putting it in on private property. And tickets had been issued for criminal trespass. And I said, if you do what you say you're going to do and your people say you're going to do, when this is all said and done, I'd like to see a public launch at Soresco Dam. Well, he bid me a good night, and we split. Two weeks later, I got a knock on my door. And Pat kind of reminded me of Jimmy Stewart, long, tall, slender guy, soft-spoken. And it's Pat and one of his assistants. And he's got a roll of blueprints with him. And he said, uh, we'd like to do something more than just build one park. We'd like to build several parks along the river. For my community, a hell of an asset. For me, not so much, because I no longer had the river to myself. It was, uh, it was very rarely you'd see more than a couple people when you're on the river. And like this last holiday weekend, there were probably five, 600 people on the river. It's very well used. And then I consoled myself with the fact that if one other couple could experience the pleasure and the love and joy I did on that river with my wife, it was well worth my effort. July 11th, or excuse me, September 11th, 2011, my wife said, I got a doctor's appointment. I've had a, I was wrestling with the granddaughters and one of them head butted me in the armpit and it's been hurting for a month. So we went to the doctor and he ordered a biopsy. Tammy was diagnosed stage four breast cancer. Now, Embridge had hired me as a consultant and project manager for the parks. I, they allowed me to help pick out the spots, ask me what anemones we needed. And once I told them about Tammy, we had to go to chemo every Friday. The guy in charge of Mr. Sobajinski was, uh, John was kind of my unsung hero here other than Pat. John understood completely every treatment. He allowed me to go spend time with Tammy. We battled the cancer for four years. Um, in that time, we'd found time to get down the river again and enjoy some pleasure. It got close to the end and the cancer had went to Tammy's brain. And she was a billing specialist for a company called Duncan Aviation. Another part of the story. Um, very intelligent. So about four months before she was severely affected by the, the brain cancer that went to her brain, breast cancer that went to her brain, we sat and discussed where she wanted to be interned. And she said, just 
like the love we have shared forever. It's going to last forever. The river is going to flow forever. And I want my ashes put in the river. So when you're all canoeing today, say hello to Tammy for me. Um, what ended up here is a, is a total disaster. It turned out to be a terribly good thing for our, for our community. Embridge stepped up then, and they continue to do so now. What, one little part of the story I left out is when Tammy worked at Duncan Aviation, and every time Pat's plate landed, it landed right in front of her desk. <laughs> so <laughs> I knew way ahead of time when he was here. <laughs> but I have found this company to be very responsive. I, I not only got involved with the parks, I got involved with a lot of other stuff. I'd read the paper and find out what the problem was and, and, and try to interject and involve myself as much as I could because of the effort they were making. I, I believe in the company wholeheartedly. I think they've, what they've done here, they've set an example that like companies should pay very close attention to. Um, and and you know, none of you will see any sign of any oil spill in the river at all. It's, it's cleaner now than it ever was. Somebody asked why they tore the dam out. It was a low head dam that had produced no power for years. It had no particular purpose other than to make white noise and keep that community happy. Well, for 150 years prior to that, we had foundries in Albion and Marshall before anything was regulated. So they're spewing off particulates into the air, landing in the fields, landing in the river. And a lot of those particulates had collected behind that dam over the years. It didn't create a very comfortable environment above the dam. It was like muck and mud. You almost had to pull your way through it. And when you went below the dam, the water always had a brown or green hue to it from all the organic matter getting churned up and blown over the dam. Now that the dam's out, the water is gin clear, unless you're going in right after a rainstorm. It's, uh, it's created an environment that's much more pleasing to, we never had eagles prior to the spill, the release, excuse me. We never had osprey, and we didn't have otters. We have all of those now. We've got quite a few pair of nesting eagles. Um, it ended up turning out to be a terribly good thing. And, and somebody said earlier that we have, we have people here that once in a while they'll go, we need another oil spill. We, we were coming out of a recession, our economy sucked. The restaurant we ate at this morning was like this close to closing their doors. Enbridge worked out a contract with them and had meters catered to 2,600 people on a daily basis. They saved that restaurant's bacon. Uh, there, there were a lot of people whose businesses flourished because of this bill. Um, would I ever want to see it happen again? No. And I, I wouldn't wish anything like that on this company, but I would hope if it ever happened again, people would pay as much attention to detail as they did. Um, I was allowed to set meetings that nobody else was. I was allowed to ask questions that nobody else was. After all, I had friends at the top of the ladder, right? Uh, I, I'm very blessed and honored to have met and deal with the people I've met. I, I've met some phenomenal people that really care. You guys enjoy your trip today. Guys, what did you think? That was such, such a good story. Yeah, every time I hear it I just I just want to give Jesse a big hug such a 
great he's such a great man you know now that we know him and got to meet him and hang out with him for those couple days yeah Just, and also going on the river yeah too, after the story was oh my gosh i know i'm pretty sure i thought about tammy like my whole kayak ride down it just felt yeah him. so morgan and i took a kayak down the kalamazoo river uh, i thought that was it was the most beautiful thing i've ever seen so pretty and i've never kayaked besides on a little lake and i was you guys know i was like pooping my pants before <laughs> yes. i was like like probably like a month in advance when i knew about this trip i'm like i'm not kayaking and i'll drown but the pictures i took you looked, you looked a little <laughs> stiff out there <laughs> no it was so pretty it was so worth it i'm so happy i went and did it because you can't really describe it i guess Mm-mm. not Unless you, like, experience it. Something you definitely need to experience. Yeah, and all the wildlife that's out there. Mm -hmm. Seeing all the cranes. The cranes were pretty. Yeah, there were a ton of cranes. The guys on the canoe was actually caught a fish. Oh. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I was on the boat. I know. I know. I just saw pictures after because mm. I, I just kept kayaking. I just kept going. <laughs> I just kept, I just kept going. going. Speaking but. of which, I kind of lucked out on the... Being on the boat. Yeah, you did. It made me mad. Must be nice. <laughs> As we're drenched from the rain. Yeah, like halfway through, it started raining. And so. Downpouring. So you guys were giving me crap about <laughs> not kayaking. And then it started raining. We put the canopy <laughs> up and I seen you guys roll by. Makeup <laughs> just smeared. Makeup running down my face. And I'm like, don't like look we at me. crying. <laughs> Yeah. Worth it, though. It was fun. Very fun. So, what's the trivia answer? I'm going to say... Yeah, take a guess. How I many miles say, of pipeline are there in the U.S.? There's got to be at least a million miles of pipeline, right? That's what I was going to say, too. I was going to say at least a million. That seems like a lot. Well, how much is it? Okay, let me look. The answer, there is 2.6 million miles of pipelines. Jesus. Yeah. That's holy. So, how, put it into perspective for me. You're a math man. So, 2.6 million miles. So, to put it into perspective, if you were to lay it all out, it would reach the moon and back over five times. That's crazy. Because yeah, the moon crazy. is about, I, I think it's like 240,000 miles away from Earth. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of trips. A lot of trips. I like, I like that trivia question. That was yeah, a good one. that's good. I like our trivia questions. They're fun. Me too. Well, well jinx. <laughs> we hope everyone enjoyed uh, Jesse's story. It's very impactful. Yeah, I don't know how very you powerful. can't enjoy it. So, but Yeah, so from all of us here at Middle of the Res Road, we'll say see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye.